0: To try that. what is up one and all we are here we are live here on the logan blackman show on this wednesday edition here on the logan blackman show yeah i repeated the logan blackman show twice what are you gonna do about it And this before we get into everything let's go over the particulars i guess we could call it go and follow the logan blackman show in all forms of social media Go like the Facebook page as well. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Go follow The Logan Blackman Show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts if you do not already. That would be greatly appreciated. And this show today is perfect scenario for Logan. Why, you might ask? There's only one person in the house other than myself. And he's in the basement. This is perfect. That way, I don't need to worry about... Hearing people and going like, uh, 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 and getting all stuck on the words, because there's no one home, really. And Charlie, downstairs, he's doing homework right now. Hopefully I don't disturb him too much from this. And this show right now is actually being recorded on a Tuesday, because I'm going to be a little busy tomorrow on Wednesday, but the show will be going out on Wednesday anyways, as it usually does, at least not recently, but we've done a bad job at being consistent on the three-day-a-week upload schedule. We were good in a little bit ago but then we kind of got in a little slump of not actually recording anything but but I feel that we are back to normal so this is this is good this is good stuff we're back at least I would hope so made a whole video about being we're back and then recorded a good week of shows I guess and then on a Wednesday said see you guys on Friday never recorded until about 2 3 weeks later not very good um consistency from Logan, but that's what you get when you don't have a set time to do it. Like, when I was doing it for 94.5 KULT, I had a set time on when I was going to record a show or do a live show at that stage, so I knew when I was going to do it. Here, there's no real schedule, so I kind of have to just go, when am I least busy? When is there the least amount of people in the house? Then, I can do a show. Like, tomorrow, Wednesday, when this show is going out, so today, for those of you listening to the show... I'm going to be busy all day. So, or I would assume all day. So I have to go back to the summer schedule of recording it the night before. And that's where we are today. And if you watched Monday Night Football last night, congratulations. You watched the decline, the finish of the New England Patriots. Oh, yes. It was spectacular last night. I shouldn't say that I watched it because I cannot be bothered to sit and waste 3 to 4 hours of my good earned time watching two teams that I utterly despise and two teams that are not very fun to watch. And yes, I would have loved to sit down and watch Cam Newton battle it out with Joe Flacco te- well like 7 years ago, not now. Now I would rather much rather watch a lot of other things, like YouTube videos. And that's the weird part where we've gotten to with the New England Patriots. They're not very good. They squeaked by the New York Jets. We saw a couple weird score lines this week of teams that you would expect to beat down their opponent this week and had a very close game, very close encounter, a lot closer than what we would have originally anticipated. Like Chiefs, Panthers was one. Chiefs only won by two points in that game. The Cowboys Steelers, that was another one. Now, I don't know if you guys saw this. I'm trying to remember if I read this right. But Big Ben got put on the COVID reserve list. So he will be out for a little bit. Baker Mayfield as well for the Cleveland Browns. So will see how that goes there. And then obviously, Monday night, Patriots had to come back to beat the New York Jets. Down 20-10 to at halftime. Patriots come back and win the game. Jacoby Myers, he had himself a career night. 169 yards receiving... And the Patriots get a dub. So good job beating the Jets, Patriots. Which is weird because the Patriots haven't lost the Jets in I think the last 11 meetings or something like that. Did I read that right? Maybe I read it wrong. Again, I can't be bothered to care about what either one of these two teams does on a weekly or bi-weekly or even daily basis. I just don't care. I despise both of these teams with a burning passion. The Jets, I despise because... They're the Jets. They're annoying. Now, I should also say this. I do, in fact, also love the Jets. It's a very love-hate relationship between myself and the New York Jets. It's a one-ray relationship as well. It's not like love-hate where I love the Jets, they hate me, or they love me and I hate them. No, It's just all love and hate absorbed in me towards the New York Jets. They have no idea who the hell I am. So... But that's pretty much it because this team it's the joke that just keeps on giving, whether it be their fans, whether it be the team in general, there's just so much fun stuff that the New York Jets do on a daily basis. It's not even like a yearly thing. Well, it is, but it's a daily occurrence with the New York Jets. Something new just pops up out of nowhere. You're like, wow, the Jets really did that. One of the more recent ones, like we could just go back off the top of my head, the firing of their GM after the draft. Because usually when teams fire GMs, it was before the draft. So you fire the GM that just built your most recent team, the team that's on the field now. So we're going to fire him now. The hiring of Adam Gase, the quarterback guru, offensive genius, Adam Gase. Worked with Peyton Manning, did a couple things with Peyton Manning. So I, that's a thing that bothers me about these coaches. And I know it's been talked about ad nauseum. Uh, around the nation with Adam Gase, with these coaches that worked with like these legendary players, you don't do anything when you coach these legendary players, like Peyton Manning and Adam Gase being the prime example of that. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to call plays as an office coordinator when you're working with Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning calls his own plays. You're just there. Adam Gase just was there. And I guess I shouldn't say he's still doing this, But when the Jets played the Bills two weeks ago, Adam Gase gave up play calling. Now, I've not watched a Jets game since the Bills-Jets game, and the Jets looked actually semi-competent before the half. And then the second half kicked, and I'm guessing Adam Gase took back the offensive controls because they're like, guys, we're actually doing pretty good against a good Bills team. We should probably start losing now because we want to get the Trevor Lawrence kid from Clemson. Trevor Lawrence is doing his best, trying not to go to the Jets, getting COVID, just not playing, saying, oh, I don't know if I'm going to come back or not, which he's not, but whatever. Because he said at the beginning of the summer, this is my last season at Clemson. He's already going to graduate. This is his last season there. But now, since the Jets get the number one overall pick, it's like, oh, man, do I really want to play for that team? Seeing what they're doing with Sam Darnold. And Darnold was one of those quarterbacks coming out of USC that was considered like the – can't miss prospect or something like that where he's Andrew Luck-esque or John Elway-esque according to some people named Colin Cowherd out there now Sam I hope he has success wherever he goes next and this is why it's also funny to look at the New York Jets because the Jets will draft Trevor Lawrence this offseason and will trade Sam Darnold this offseason at least one would suspect and the reason this is so comical is with the New York Jets, and I saw this on Instagram. This is what really spawned the ideas for today's show. It was a comical sports memes on Instagram. This was posted two hours ago. I saved it on my Instagram so I could look back at this and say it while I did a show. Never forget, the Jets trade the best left-guarded, best young linebacker, middle linebacker, in football, for a QB. Now, for those of you who don't know... The Indianapolis Colts, back in the 2018 draft, had the third overall pick. The Jets had the sixth pick. The Jets obviously traded up with the Indianapolis Colts. And two of those picks, obviously the sixth pick and then the second round pick, ended up going for Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard. Two first-team All-Pros. Quentin Nelson's literally the best guard in the NFL. Maybe not, you're not even not... Okay, settle down, Logan. English. English. He might even be the best guard in the NFL, let alone the best left guard in the NFL, NFL. And Darius Leonard, one of the best young middle linebackers in the NFL. So what's funny about this is that Sam Darnold is projected to go to the Indianapolis Colts. So the Colts traded back in the draft, got two first-team first All-Pros and Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard, and they're still going to get Sam Darnold. That's called playing the game. And Jets fans, don't hate the player, hate the game. And the game is the New York Jets and the Colts played you like the sucker MCs that you are. And I love it. To Sam Darnold, I have no real beef against Sam Darnold. Even though we have talked about him a lot on the show. It's more of his followers, I guess his disciples, the Sam Darnold disciples that come out of the woodwork at the beginning of every single season and never shut up about how good Sam Darnold can be. But then also talking about, I don't see how there's a better quarterback in the AFC East than Sam Darnold. Watching what we have watched over the past three seasons, that is still getting talked about by some idiotic Jets fans out there. Mike Greenberg on ESPN. Before the season started said Sam Darnold is undoubtedly the best quarterback in the AFC East. What did you watch these past, and now at that point, it was just the last two seasons. What did you watch the last two seasons? Colin Cowherd has been a Sam Darnold defendant, follower, disciple, whatever, for even before he was in the NFL. Go watch some old clips of Colin Cowherd when Sam Darnold was getting drafted. It's ridiculous. It's craziness. And they love to point, this was a lot of people going into the season, which was really funny and really sad, was the fact that we're going to have the Jets go in somewhere around 500 this year because they finished 7-9 last year and won six out of their last eight games. And I know I've done this before on the show. I have done this numerous times throughout the show. And I've talked about this back in last season. Talking about this. Because it got brought up a thousand times. So the Jets, as we said, won six of their last eight games. Here are their last six, six wins they got. New York Giants. Washington football team. The Oakland Raiders. The Miami Dolphins. The Pittsburgh Steelers. And the third string Buffalo Bills. Now if we're recapping that. New York Giants had the fourth pick. The Washington football team had... The second pick, the Oakland Raiders had, I think, the eleventh pick. If I remember, if I remember, no, the Jets had the eleventh pick. The Raiders had the twelfth pick. Dolphins had the fifth pick. The Steelers had no semblance of an offense whatsoever, and the Bills played their third stringers. That schedule, because I was, I remember talking about. I thought the Cleveland Browns could write their season at this point last year. Because they had one of the easier schedules in the NFL. So I turned on a Cleveland Browns game, and there was a graphic that popped up as Baker Mayfield running out on the field. And it said the easiest schedules in the NFL. They had two teams on there. The Cleveland Browns had the second easiest, and then the New York Jets had the easiest. This is what we look at at one-way statistics, I guess you could say, where Oh, they went 6-2 and two in their last eight games? They had the easiest schedule in the NFL. It's all about how you want to structure your argument, but then when you come into the next season and just blatantly ignore the fact that they had the easiest schedule in the NFL, that's where you get egg on your face when you see the Jets being what? Are they 0-8 or 0-9? One of those two. 0-9. And you look at the moves they made, what was the the telling factors that they even improved from last season? Nothing. Two of their losses last year. And let's look at their last nine games. Because obviously six and two in their last eight games is oh yeah, that's very impressive. The game before they started their winning streak, they lost the Dolphins. Do you want to know what the Dolphins' record was at the time they played the New York Football Jets? I know that's not what they get called, but they were 0-7. The Dolphins were 0-7 when the Jets played them. The Jets were 1-7 at the time as well. That was the Dolphins' first win of the season. Now we scroll down a little bit, go into their nice 6-2 record there, and we go play the Cincinnati Bengals. Do you want to know the Cincinnati Bengals record at the time they played the New York Jets? 0-11. The Jets gave the Dolphins and Bengals their first wins of the season. That is Ludicrous. <laughs> Not the rapper. But seriously, these one there. You can do one way arguments for everything because it's all you want to structure your argument so you look like you're coming out in the right. Literally, you don't whatever. No one ever wants to be proved wrong in an argument. So you're obviously just going to say, look at the Jets going six and two in their last eight games. That's the sign of things to come. We're going to ignore the fact that they played. Absolutely nobody, but that's what Jets fans do, and it's fantastic. I love the Jets. Jets are my favorite team in the NFL because they're the gift that just keeps on giving. And I know I've read this. This is basically the show that we've done in the summer about a thousand times, at least right now. But it's something that I just love talking about because i had the jets going 4 and 12 and i did two preseason predictions i did two videos and i scrapped the first one i had the jets going 3 and 13 in my first video changed it to 4 and 12 because i thought 3 and 13 was a little too harsh for the jets they're not even going to win one game let alone three <laughs> good lord this team the new york jets i Oh, God, I thought 3-13 and 13 was harsh. They are 0-9, and, and their remaining schedule is the Chargers, Dolphins, Raiders, Seahawks, Rams, Browns, and Patriots. Where the hell are they getting a win in there? Tell me. I would love to know. They might get one against who? I, don't, I, I really don't know. They might get one against the Chargers, just because of the way the Chargers have been playing this year. The Chargers, a few years ago, gave the Cleveland Browns their first win. A few years ago, if you remember that. In Cleveland, they went 1 and 15. Their one win was against the Chargers. Similar situation here. But man, they're not going to get a win. The Browns could slip up cuz it's the Browns. So at best, their best record that I think the Jets can get before the end of the season is 2 and 14. That is the best I see them doing. The best. That's bad. <laughs> and I love people. I love I love listening to these people that get paid to talk sports. It's so funny. Because there was not a lot of people out there, at least in the big names in sports media, that had the Jets being an absolutely atrocious team atrocious team this year. Oh, we, have, we like the potential the Jets have. We like what they did in the offseason. What did they do in the offseason? They got Makai Becton and Denzel Mims. What else did they do? They traded away Jamal Adams... And C.J. Mosley opted out. They cut their starting guard. They lost their number one wide receiver in free agency. They still have Adam Gase and Greg Williams. What else? What was what was positive about what the Jets did this off that made you go, "Yes, that that team is a 500 football team." Again, I felt bad for three and th- thirteen. I put four and twelve. This team ain't gonna sniff four and twelve. Look, good lord, it's... Pfft. The Jets are a joke, and I love it. I absolutely love it. And since I've been talking about the New York Jets and how I had them going 4-12, and, and we're at the midway point of the season, let's go back and look at my preseason record predictions at this point. So we're sitting here on November 10th. I made this, or posted it, I guess, on September 8th. So... We're basically what 2 months passed from when i made these predictions and then i'm going to pull up the real season standings right now and i'm going to see if i want to change anything in these predictions or where i thought a team would do something that i don't know that i, th- I just thought they would do i don't really know how I will word this didn't didn't buy into it i guess or struggled to see what I don't I don't even know. We'll just figure this out as we go along. So, first record we got on here. Obviously with the Logan Blackman show, we always start off with the North. So we're the AFC North. As you know, we go north, south, east, west. At this p- now, this, maybe these these records could still happen. None of these records in the AFC North are out of the question. But I had the Baltimore Ravens winning division 13-3, Steelers ten six, Browns nine seven, Bengals four and twelve. Well, the Bengals obviously can't get 4-12 and because they tied the Eagles. So, that record's out the window. Browns, I bet they'll finish around 9-7. and Steelers, it's hard to believe they finish 10-6 and at this point because they're 8-0. But, their schedule at this point has not been, um, what do you want to call this schedule? Hasn't been really a murderer's row, really, has it? It's been a fairly easy, easy schedule. How many, they played one, two teams above five, three teams above 500? And the Browns, Titans, and Ravens. And then the rest of the season doesn't get, like, extremely hard. You play the Bengals twice. You play the Jaguars. You play the Washington football team. Like, there's no really... They play the Bills. That'll be a tough game for them. But the Ravens will also be tough. So there might be two, three losses. And they're going to play the Colts and Browns, maybe four. At worst, they'll probably be 12-4. and At the end of this season, at worst, because they're 8 0 right now. It's hard. There have been teams that have fallen off the face of the earth before, but there's, that schedule is not that difficult to where they'll be out of playoff contention by the end of this season, unless something catastrophic happens. Now, Big Ben, as I said before, at least of what I remember, is on the COVID reserved list. So, Mason Rudolph, or whoever started, Josh Dobbs, whoever started for the Steelers, could easily bring them back down because this is what they look like with a competent quarterback. And Big Ben, at times, hasn't looked great because he's old and hurt all the freaking time. But, yeah, you know, Ravens, I had them going 13-3. and I said this at the beginning of the season, that whoever won the Ravens-Chiefs game would go 13-3. and The other one would go 12-4. and That's what I said after the predictions, and I said that on the show when I announced the predictions as well, I believe. I had, in my predictions, I had the Ravens beating the Chiefs. Chiefs obviously won, so if I'm looking at this now, I think the Ravens do go 12 and 4, and the Chiefs go 13 and 3. If I'm looking at it right now, the Chiefs have one loss to the Raiders, which we'll get to that in a little bit. AFC South: Titans 10 and 6, then Texans 9 and 7, Colts 8 and 8, Jags 2 and 14. I think Jag one's still on. Titans one. It'd be hard for me to see them drop like that, but I 10 and 6 still on Houston. They can't they can only lose one more game the rest of the season. I was very hesitant to put the Texans over 500, but I thought Deshaun Watson would carry this team to a lot better than what they are, but there's just so much wrong with this team that even Deshaun Watson and the miracles that he can do on a football field is not able to resurrect this football team. And the Colts, they're just average. I don't I didn't see what they did. Other than to get DeForest Butner and then Jonathan Taylor, there wasn't a lot that elevated this team the upgrade from Philip Rivers to from Jacoby Brissett is not really that noticeable of one if it's even a an improvement at all from last season the early season Jacoby Brissett looked really good and looked like he could actually be a star in the league second half of the season Jacoby Brissett looked like a back career backup that could be a bridge quarterback for a young guy but yeah I mean, none of those are terribly off. I mean, the Texans one's not great, but their early part of the schedule wasn't very easy either. Uh, AFC East: Bills eleven and five, Pats nine to seven. That ain't happening. Dolphins six and ten, and the Jets four and twelve. The Dolphins one. I remember when I did this prediction. It was more on the fact that I thought they snuck up on teams last year. Because they went eleven and five. A lot of people were expecting them to easily have the number one overall pick and they came back, went five and eleven. So I had them going ten and six. But this team is talented. The, I would I'm gonna switch the Patriots and Dolphins record predictions because the Patriots stink and the Dolphins are scaring playoff spots. They'll be a five hundred team this year, if not nine and seven. This is starting to transform back into the nineties. Where the Bills, Dolphins are the two best in the division. The Patriots, Jets battled it out for third place, at least this year. It might not. Maybe the Patriots write the ship next year, but this year is lost for the New England Patriots. I don't see them losing only two games the rest of the season. I don't see that happening. Maybe they do. Maybe maybe they do. But the Dolphins, I had them six and ten, at getting signings like Byron Jones. Good draft this year as well. Getting Tua, Austin Jackson there as well. Noah Igabinagane. I think I said his name right as well. Getting some people in the free agent market and Jack Lawson, Kyle Van Noy. Yeah, I I thought that I should have probably put the Dolphins a little higher, probably around the 500 mark. I was, I don't remember what I said in the prediction video exactly about the Dolphins. All I remember saying is that I thought they snuck up on teams last year so they go around the same, but I don't remember if, what more I said about them. But that one will be wrong. They're 5-3 and three right now. They're not going to be 6-10. and 10. In the AAC West: Chiefs twelve and four, Broncos nine and seven, Chargers eight and eight, Raiders six and ten. Uh, the Raiders aren't going six and ten. Derek Carr is playing out of his freaking mind this year. Broncos are sucking it up right now. They have random glimpses of being a good, competent football team, and then just suck at random times. I don't get it, but I doubt they'll go nine and seven this year. Chargers, they're not going eight and eight. I would love, they deserve to be eight and eight with how they probably deserve to be one of the better teams in the NFL this year. But they've just lost the games in very, 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 very bad fashion. And the Raiders are just better than I thought they'd be, pretty much. Chiefs, obviously, they're going to win the division still. They'll go 13-3. Again, this is what I said during my record prediction video. Ravens, whoever won the Ravens-Chiefs game will go 13-3. The other one will go 12-4. That will be flipped now. Ravens 12-4, Chiefs 13-3. The NFC... Start off with the North, the Vikings, eleven and five. That ain't happening. The Vikings are three and five right now. That ain't happening. I really liked their draft. Got you can't get much better value than the Minnesota Vikings did in this past year's draft. I love Dalvin Cook. Their O line still stinks though. That's that's a thing that hasn't been able to get written. And with the with the draft, yes, it was good when you get guys like Cam Dantzler and Jeff Gladney, who are two extremely talented corners, but. They're so young, and their youthfulness has been showing a lot this year for the Minnesota Vikings. Good Lord, has it been showing. Their pass rush hasn't been there. Daniil Hunter hasn't really been there this season. They traded away Yannick Ngakwe. So, in the linebackers, I'm pretty sure Anthony Barr got put on IR, but that could be wrong. But, yeah, they ain't going 11-5. Packers 10-6 they might go 10 and 6. They have random spurts of very weird bad play. Like you saw against the Bucks, you saw against the Vikings. Like those are two losses that when they're rolling at times this season, didn't look like they'd lose those games at all. But I don't know. They I just don't trust the Packers. Bears 6 and 10. They deserve to be 6 and 10. Good lord. Their team stinks. Their offense is awful. Not the defense. Defense is still really 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 good, but the offense, good lord. They need something. Uh, I shouldn't say something. They need a lot of things on offense. They're gonna draft a quarterback, but that only masks the problems of what's really going on with the Bears. Matt Nagy can't call play calls for. He can't call plays for shit. I think everybody's aware of that now. Two worst offensive performances in a half in NFL history have both been Matt Nagy led offenses. So coincidence? I don't really think so. Uh, The old line stinks. Uh, Nick Nick Foles is the most He's rivaling Peyton Manning with immob- immobility. <laughs> Is that the way you say that? But yeah, they'll draft a quarterback, mask some issues. Cause everybody gets excited about a good young quarterback. Like, oh man, we draft a quarterback in the first round. Even though your team was bad, it excites fans. Like Bengals fans against Cypher Burrow, Tua in Miami, Justin Herbert and Sandy or <laughs> Los Angeles. Like it's exciting when you get a first unless you didn't want a first round quarterback and had other needs like the Green Bay Packers. Then you—that's where it gets a little hazy there. But yeah, the Bears—they deserve to be six and ten. Lions four and twelve. They'll be a little better than that, but not much better than that. Matt Patricia needs to go. Their defense is atrocious. NFC South: Saints eleven and five bucks, nine and seven. Falcons seven and nine. Panthers four and twelve. I think all of those records are still capable. I my first predictions: I had the Saints and Bucks going ten and six. I think all of those records are plausible for these teams. Not much to talk about there. I think those are very plausible. Now, the Panthers they probably went about five games. But they had a young defense, too. Every pick they used in the draft was on defense. So that's what my reasoning was for that with 4-12. and 12. And McCaffrey being out didn't hurt them that bad, to be honest. It obviously, didn't help because he's the best running back in the NFL when healthy. But, yeah, they could still go 4-12. and 12. None of those records are out of the question, really. NFC East, good lord. Cowboys 10-6, and six. that one's, no, can't happen. It's impossible. They're 2-7 right now. Good lord, I have never seen a much more wasted roster than this. Good god, this team sucks. That's all I'm going to say about them. The Eagles 9-7 can't, they've already tied, but they'll probably still win the division. Giants 3-13, Washington football 3-3-13. Three, three yeah, that, those are two possibilities there. I had the watched the football team going five and eleven in my first predictions, and I thought that was too much, so I lowered them to three and thirteen. The NFC West, forty nine ers three and thirteen and three. Can't happen. They're four and five. Impossible. They battled so many injuries this year. And I don't really they improved their roster, to me at least, but then the Jets came came around and they lost everybody. Like it was just a dropping like flies pretty much. But I, in my first predictions, I had them going twelve and four. I should have kept them at that. Just still, that's not even possible. But I don't know why I had them as high as I did. I can't. Other than getting Trent Williams, Javon Kinlaw. I, I don't know. I don't. I really don't know. seen thirteen and three, no drop off from the year before. Yeah, that one's confusing to me. Uh, Seattle twelve and four, still possible. Arizona and Rams seven and nine. I had them eight and eight in my first predictions. I think those ones are way more possible than seven and nine. I don't see the Cardinals or the Rams winning two more games the rest of the year. I only two more games. I should stress that only two more games. They'll. Geez. Yeah. I thought the Cardinals were a year out. That was my thinking with that was the Cardinals are a year out. Cause we said this a lot on the show during last football season. How, how, Cardinals, even though their record's bad, they're not that far off with some of the pieces they have. They accelerated their time clock on actually being a contender or an actual good team pretty rapidly. Getting back to a 5-3 and three record is very impressive. I, again, had them at 8-8 and eight in my first predictions video. And I don't remember what happened or why they lowered them. Because in this prediction thing, it goes through every single game. And I think by trying to make games by getting teams to a lower record or a better record, whatever, it affected the Rams and Cardinals by teams they played. I need to go look. I have it in my notebook, but it's on the ground. I have a desk in front of me now, so I can't really like a little TV tray thing with the mic hooked up to it. But I think that's what had to happen here because I had them eight and eight, and I don't know why I dropped them to seven and nine. I must. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. If I was doing this over again with the NFC West, I would drop two games from the San Francisco 49ers. If I was doing a preseason prediction thing again and having them lose to the Cardinals and the Rams to make them eleven and five, Rams and Cardinals eight and eight, Seahawks twelve and four. Is what I would think doing if I'm putting myself back on September eighth, twenty twenty, that was what I would do. Obviously, looking back at it now through the lens of four and five right now. I would probably have the 49ers closer to the 9 and 7, even the flip records with some teams in this division. But if I placed myself back on that day and looking like going through my head, I would probably lower the 49ers because 13 and 3, that's no drop off from the season before. They had to have a drop off. That's just dumb reasoning from Logan, but that's that's whatever. That's why we listen to Logan Blackman show because we could be wrong and we're fine with it. Okay? We're not going to talk about the playoffs yet because that. Can't happen. But we'll go over awards. Midseason awards. MVP Patrick Mahomes, that's still on. Mahomes is balling the frick out this year. That is definitely still on. Now obviously you got challengers from Russell Wilson and Josh Allen. At this point last year it was Russell Wilson winning it as well. And then Lamar Jackson snuck him out of nowhere. And I think Russell it might have a drop off in the mvp voting again. Now I think he'll receive votes. He has that's the thing. Russell Wilson has never received an mvp vote before. That is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. You know, I think Tony Romo's received an mvp vote. And Russell Wilson's a way better quarterback than Tony Romo. No offense to Tony Romo. I have nothing against him, but Josh could, is going to get some mvp votes, but Mahomes with well, the way he's playing it's going to be hard to argue with. Officer Player of the Year, Chris McCaffrey. That's not happening. He hasn't played this year. Defensive Player of the Year, Miles Garrett. That could happen. That could easily happen. Probably will happen now that I'm thinking about it. So we look at the stats. I think he's leading the league in sacks. I don't know if he still is. Where's the sacks then go? Oh, he's second. He's got nine sacks. for tie- Well, tied for the lead with Aaron Donald with nine sacks. I I bet he'll win Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Officer Rookie of the Year, Joe Burrow. It's a two-horse race between him and Justin Herbert. I didn't think Justin Herbert would play this year because I didn't think... I, for some reason, I didn't foresee Tyrod Taylor getting his lungs punctured on the sideline. So I really didn't see Justin Herbert playing this year. Because I don't... If if that never happened, I don't think Herbert does play. Because Anthony Lynn has a very close relationship with Tyrod Taylor. He's, even when Herbert balled out against the Chiefs in that first game, Lynn wanted to go back to Tyrod Taylor. But then couldn't because he saw how good... Herbert is, or got a call down from ownership and said, hey, you cannot start Tyrod Taylor. But it's between Burrow and Herbert. If I'm guessing now, I bet it will go to Herbert, but that's no discredit on Joe Burrow. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Chase Young, I do not think that will happen. He hasn't had himself the best rookie year. I don't even know who's really in the running for Defensive Rookie of the Year, if I'm being honest. Let's look at, let's just search it. Defensive Rookie of the year let's see what happens when we pop this baby up odds tracker this was from five days ago 2020 defensive rookie of the year nothing's popping up well that's not great nothing's really popping up oh okay chase chase young still winning it i've heard antoine winfield jr's had a himself a great rookie year as well he was actually in some rookie rankings he was the highest out of the defenders and patrick queen obviously from lsu has been up there as well i haven't to be honest I could not have told you anything about Chase Young because I have not watched a second of play from the Washington football team. Where's Chase Young in the sack margins this year? I know there's a lot more things edge rushers can do than just get sacks, but that's a very good um, meter for how we could tell how good a defensive end's been. Three and a half sacks, decent for a rookie, but yeah, what is he still the favorite to win this? I know this says it is, but is he honestly still the favorite? Antoine Woodfield Jr. has been mentioned a lot. Same with Patrick Queen. One of those two I think will probably win it, but I'm still – if Chase Young still the odds-on favorite to win Rookie of the Year, I'll keep that prediction still, so I can get a prediction right. Coach of the Year, Sean McDermott, I think that's still on. But honestly, I bet it will go to Mike Tomlin because Mike Tomlin's had himself a great year this year. Never had a losing season in his career, if I remember correctly, which is very impressive. He'll probably win coach of the year. So if I had to redo this, MVP, just for the sake of keeping this consistent on my part, let's go with Patrick Mahomes. I know Russell Wilson's going to get talked about. Josh Allen's going to get talked about as well. But I'm going to give it to Mahomes there. Will Mahomes win offensive player of the year? Or will that go to the guy coming in second? Because there's times where it looks like the MVP goes to the... The offensive player of the year goes to the guy who came in second in the MVP. So there's Russell Wilson with that. That's what I'll say right now. Let's go with that. Defensive player of the year, Miles Garrett, off to Rookie of the Year. I'm going to say Herbert. Defensive Rookie of the Year, let's go with Chase Young just because he's still the odds on favorite, even though I've not seen a second or even heard of anything from him this season. And Coach of the Year, if I had to guess, probably Mike Tomlin. But I think Sean McDermott should get some mentions up there as well. And Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara will obviously get mentions for Off to Player of the Year as well for top, for. Cook's rush how he's carried the Vikings recently and Alvin Kamara for his historic run for receiving yards that he's got this year. Other players that could get talked about for like the other awards, Eric Donald for the defensive player of the year, obviously get talked about. He's always around that award. And yeah, that might actually be it for the defensive player of the year. But MVP, it's a th- I think it's a three, two, maybe three horse race if you want to throw Josh Allen in there. Maybe. Maybe. It depends on how you look at it. If you don't want to throw Josh Allen in there, then it's a two-horse race. If you want to, then it's a three-horse race. I'm not going to put my say on it if he's going to be in the MVP conversation or not. Actually, I lied. Yes, he will be in the MVP conversation. But will he win? I'd love to see him win because he's had himself a great season. And it'd just be a nice little double bird to his haters out there that didn't like him before the draft and say, hey, look, this dude that can't play football that's a trash pick to a Jalen Ramsey and Jamal Adams... This dude can play football. He won a freaking MVP. And people consider Cam Newton an MV- a Hall of Famer because he won one MVP. So, shut up. Okay? I remember watching an interview with Casey Hayward a few years ago Chargers Corner, for those of you who don't know who Casey Hayward is. And I feel bad for you. If you've never watched Casey Hayward play the position of corner because he's one of the best and most underrated players in the NFL, even outside of the cornerback positions. But they brought up Cam Newton being a Hall of Famer because he won the MVP case he was like, is he a Hall of Famer? He's not in my Hall of Fame list. Now, obviously, that will divide opinions. I think Cam Newton's way more deserving of a Hall of Fame spot than, say, Michael Vick, when people talk about people who deserve a Hall of Fame spot or gets talked about in the, is he a Hall of Famer category? Is Michael Vick one? No. He's not. Cam Newton has way better resume than Michael Vick does for the Hall of Fame thing. The same thing goes for, like, Phillip Rivers. Where does he rank in the Hall of Fame? Never won an MVP, but put up godly numbers. throwing the ball, Mr. Consistent. Went to playoff games consistently. Well, uh, kind of consistently. <laughs> so I guess not consistently, but it's kind of consistently. And, yeah, who else will you talk about? Like, maybe Hall of Famer. I don't know. Quarterbacks are always an interesting one because it's always the, did you win a Super Bowl? Now, Cam went to a Super Bowl. so like I talked about. Steve McNair did, too. A Steve McNair a Hall of Famer. He won an MVP and went to a Super Bowl. I don't know, and the way, Cam, the way Cam's declining right now will make it a little more interesting to see if he is a Hall of Famer by the time his career is finished. Because right now, the way he's playing, if he has a season where he throws less than 10 passing touchdowns, then he's na- <laughs> he ain't going to make it. I'm sorry. For those of you who love Cam Newton, I'm impartial to Cam. I don't really care. He can make it or not. I would be fine either way. I could I would not lose sleep at night if Cam Newton did not get inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Would not bother me in the slightest. And it wouldn't bother me if he did. Good on him. If he makes the Hall of Fame. But yeah. Like Boomer Esiason. There's a lot of MVPs that have. are That are not in the Hall of Fame. Boomer Esiason being another one of them. Randall Cunningham. Another one. I think Randall Cunningham. Randall Cunningham's won an MVP, right? He had, he's had to win an MVP. It's plastic man. He won an MVP with the Eagles. Had to. Had to. Had to. Phil Simms won a Super Bowl as a starter and a backup. Now, not necessarily. But he wasn't was the listed backup when the Giants won their second Super Bowl, but he ain't in the Hall of Fame either. So you get all these different viewpoints of what you think a Hall of Fame quarterback is. because so you're like, oh, a quarterback needs to win a Super Bowl. Well, Phil Simms won a Super Bowl. He's not in the Hall of Fame. Well, did he win an MVP? Well, Boomer Sison won an MVP in the Hall of Fame. So it's just all these different variables. Quarterback is one of the harder positions. Uh, No, it's the hardest position to figure out if you're a Hall of Fame, because it divides opinion. Like, Philip Rivers should be in the Hall of Fame when it's all said and done. Matthew Stafford, probably not, because he played three playoff games, even though he'll put up amazing numbers. But that's the thing. Uh, Where do we draw the line at this is an MVP candidate, this is not? Because the line gets very blurred with quarterbacks. Like, Eli Manning won two Super Bowls, was clutch in the playoffs, but had a lot of very average to below average play at quarterback but he's going to be a hall of famer because he won two super bowls so again this is the blurred lines effect with the nfl and this the quarterback position with the nfl and the pro football hall of fame which makes it oh geez look at this fox sports (laughs) just posted a poll on twitter who wins the midseason defensive rookie of the year award well let's just vote chase young first vote let's go woo Now we'll refresh it, obviously, just to see if anybody else has voted on this. But to me, I was the first vote. So you know what? We'll take it. And it's back to zero. No one's voted. Where's the votes at? Okay, here we go. Chase Young gets double teamed every play, unfortunately. So there we go. There we go. Chase Young, defensive rookie of the year. I retract my previous statement that I had to, that I did not know what he was doing this year because obviously he's the defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, I've I've legit not watched a single second of a Washington football team game this year. Not not one second. All the clips I've seen have been on Twitter, and I have not seen any of Chase Young. So forgive me for my ignorance, I guess you could say, regarding. Whether or not if Chase Young's been good or not, now Chase Young is leading the poll by two percent over Antoine Winfield Jr., who has is he's going to be his closest competition. Patrick Queen, you got it's going to be close. It's good. do they post an offensive rookie of the year? Because that's the one I'd be more intrigued on. And who votes Herbert or Burrow? Now that's just a two-horse race, but I'd still like to see where people are leaning on that. Oh, here we go, right here. Vote. This was two hours ago. Now I said preseason Burrow, but probably if I had to cast my vote now, would be for Herbert. Let's see. Yeah, Herbert's leading the race by pretty wide margin. They threw in Justin Jefferson, and James Robinson too. James Robinson having a very nice year for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But yeah, I would pro- I would vote Herbert. I voted Herbert on that because again, I didn't think that a doctor would puncture Tyrod Taylor's lungs prior to the season, or prior to a Chiefs game. Did not think that would happen. If that never happened, Herbert would have not seen the field all season. I can, I can guarantee that. Because you saw how much Anthony Lynn wanted to play Tyrod after the Chiefs game. But now he can't, because ownership probably said, Hey, did you did your eyes work, Anthony? I know you have a friendship with Tyrod, but man. This dude's putting up insane rookie numbers. Rivaling that of rookie Cam Newton, which is impressive stuff. But yeah. I have another thing that I want to do today. And this was... Since we talked about Sam Darnold earlier, going to the Indianapolis Colts, and then went on a random tangent on like record predictions and all that stuff, but that wasn't—I wouldn't really call that a tangent. That was—that was planned. But here we go. We got where quarterbacks will be next year. We're at the midway point of the season. We're at the midway point of the week, so might as well just do a midway report of the season awards and where every quarterback will be next season. Okay, this will be not correct at all, but you know what? AFC North, uh, Lamar, Joe, Baker, Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, there's not really a lot of thinking to do there. Now, the only one that I could question is Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger because he gets hurt all the freaking time. He contemplates retirement every other day. Will he be a Pittsburgh Steeler next year? I would think so. And who would they... They're not going to draft anybody unless... Definitely not in the first round. Or maybe they get a Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask has a similar style to... Ben Roethlisberger, big dude, can throw the ball over the field. You saw what he did at Georgia versus Georgia last week. Kaltrask's a baller, but I have him going somewhere else. Do you trade for Sam Darnold, trade for Josh Rosen, get Jameis Winston up there? Maybe. If Big Ben leaves, my bet would probably be Jameis Winston. He's very similar body style to, to Big Ben, very similar playing style to Big Ben, can throw the ball over the field. Yeah. I think Jameis could go there. Kyle Trask would, for a rookie, Kyle Trask look-wise would be the best fit in Pittsburgh. Maybe Sam Darnold goes there or Josh Rosen. Is there any other quarterbacks that really could go there? I don't know. But I think their other three are locked. I think this is, next year is Baker's last year unless he balls out in Cleveland. He's a game manager at this point. Needs a running game. Now, there's been a, like, we've talked about this before. There's been a lot of good quarterbacks that have been game managers who won Super Bowls being game managers. Trent Dilfer being the main one. Won a Super Bowl, but yeah. Number, you don't draft average quarterbacks at number one. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. This is why you don't draft average quarterbacks at number one overall. To a, average to above average at number one. First round's fine. Number one or top ten is a different story. But yeah, moving on to AFC South, uh, Houston Deshaun, Indianapolis Sam Darnold. I think that one fit. I think fit-wise, you don't get a lot of better fits than that, and you would get a completely different environment for Sam Darnold than he would in New Jersey with the Indianapolis Indianapolis Colts, sorry, with the, the actual competent weapons, a good offensive line, the best guard in football. A good running game with a pass catcher and a downhill guy and Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. A good coach and Frank Reich. Like, Look at that. Upgrades all around the building. And you're playing inside. You're from California. You're playing inside. It'd be awesome. Jacksonville, Justin Fields. Justin Fields is an absolute beast. This is an interesting fact. I saw this, when was this? Yesterday. I saw it yesterday when I was working at uh, 1650 The Fan yesterday. Justin Fields has more total touchdowns this year than incompletions. I think, if I remember this, what the stats said, 13 total touchdowns and 11 incompletions this season. This is including rushing and passing touchdowns. And I Cole, the guy I work for at 1650, the fan asked, is he not another Dwayne Haskins? No. Because Justin Fields, here's the synopsis on Justin Fields versus Dwayne Haskins. Yes, they both went to Ohio State. But... Dwayne Haskins had one season. Justin Fields, this is his second season at the big-time level. Okay? Dwayne Haskins is one of the most immobile quarterbacks and is when he came out. And remember what Stephen I. Smith said he's a very he's more of a runner than a thrower. <laughs> he can't run. That was his big thing. He cannot move. He's like Jameis Winston. Can't move. Can throw it all over the field. And see where that's gotten. <laughs> he's done the same situation as Jameis Winston. Got benched. And got you got benched. Now imagine this. Sit through that you're a young quarterback in the NFL. Confidence already waning after you had a very, very, very below average rookie year. Which all of it not what not all his fault. I'm gonna stress that, but not only do you get benched for Kyle Allen, you get moved to third string behind a guy who's coming off a leg injury that almost took his life. That is a confidence destroyer right there. If you're Dwayne Haskins, now the thing with Justin Fields, he doesn't turn the ball over, which is big. Dwayne didn't really necessarily do that in college, but he did that. Has done that a lot in the NFL. Justin Fields, it's extremely mobile. Justin Fields is a lot bigger than what people give him credit for, too. He's like 6'3", 230 pounds. He's a big dude. That dude's a baller. Justin Fields is an absolute baller. Now, I could also see, like, he's from Georgia. Atlanta Falcons might be getting ready to find Matt Ryan's replacement. Maybe the Falcons try to get a trade-up. They were linked with a trade-up last year, or this past draft, get a trade-up this year for Justin Fields. Maybe, but for right now, I have him going to Jacksonville to rot away, much like Deshaun did under Bill O'Brien, but in his case, it's Doug Marone. So I am sorry, <laughs> Justin Fields. I apologize that you're going to have to play for Doug Marone, but hopefully, for your sake, he gets fired towards the end of the season, or at least the beginning. Maybe he gets fired the offseason, which he won't because it's the Jaguars, and then Tennessee Ryan Taino. Not a lot not a lot to say there. Buffalo, Josh Allen in the AFC East. Buffalo, Josh Allen, Miami, Tua. the Two new quarterbacks here. New England. I have Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, this is why. Here's my reasoning why. Bill Belichick, a few years ago, wanted to start Jimmy Garoppolo over Tom Brady. He wanted to lead Tom Brady to go. Robert Kraft, obviously, with a great relationship with Tom Brady. This is kind of where you saw Brady and Belichick's relationship kind of fracture a little bit. And that's why I think when Bill Belichick traded away Jimmy Garoppolo, because, again, Bill Belichick's the GM of the Patriots as well, Traded away Jimmy Garoppolo for pretty much nothing. Gave him a middle finger to the Patriots. He didn't want to trade him. So he took the first offer anybody sent to them. Bill Belichick loves Jimmy Garoppolo. So with Jimmy being... I think this is probably... Either this year or next year this is his last year in San Fran. Goes back to New England. And then the Patriots can draft a quarterback like maybe. Now I'm not saying they will draft a quarterback in the first round. But if they did, I would Mac Jones being linked with them. They'll be around the area of where Mac Jones will be in the draft. I have him as the number four quarterback right now. In this draft, we'll talk about number five in a little bit. But get Jimmy G, get Mac Jones there, and then if Jimmy G doesn't work out, he's just average, then Mac Jones comes in. So, yeah, it all works out for the Patriots, sadly. And then the Jets, obviously Trevor Lawrence. Sorry, Trevor. Much like Justin Fields getting played for Doug Marone, hopefully... You don't have to play for Adam Gates. Hopefully they sharpen up and fire it. But and you're if you're lucky, Trevor, you might get a play for interim head coach Craig Williams. Is the only thing he does in the NFL anymore is be a D coordinator, becomes interim head coach and then doesn't get the job because he's a terrible head coach. He was that for the Bills for a little bit. But Trevor to the Jets, AFC West no changes here. Drew Locke, Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, Justin Herbert. There's I cannot I I've been confused on the Derek Carr dislike in the Raiders organization why they always link him to other places after this year there's no way they can cash in actually there's no they probably could cash in on Derek Carr this offseason but I can't see them moving on this year just because of how good he's playing you don't want that to go somewhere else now I know Gruden has a love relate very lovely relationship with Marks Mariota and MV Peterman sitting behind him maybe Carr moves on I would not think that'd be the smart move especially with how good he's playing this year but if you want to cash in now would be your year to do so i guess but i can't see him. he's a good quarterback i know he hasn't been the same since he broke his leg but man he's a good quarterback he's been balling out this year and then moving on to the nfc chicago the keeping nick Foles. he'll be a good bridge quarterback and then get zach wilson from byu zach wilson i've said this before is a jim mcmahon clone essentially byu kid Rocks a headband. That's pretty much where the comparison stops. <laughs> but but uh, I could see him playing in Chicago. I think Zach Wilson would be a nice little fit there with the Chicago Bears. Again, having a quarterback, getting a quarterback in the first round hypes the fans up. But again, it'll just mask the problems that the Bears have other than the starting quarterback. So you can't honestly sit there. And yes, Trubisky and Nick Foles are not the best quarterbacks in the world. But... They are, they're, they're not the big, they're not the main reasons this Chicago Bears team absolutely sucks on offense. There's a lot of more reasons on than just them on why their offense is completely incompetent. Matt Nagy being the main reason. And another thing, Matt Nagy, we talked about this on Monday when we did the head coaching tier list thing on fireable coaches, where Matt Nagy probably won't get fired. You won't probably won't get fired because he's gonna want you always want your coach to draft your quarterback. And Mitch Trubisky, his coach didn't want to draft him. His coach, John Fox, wanted to draft Jamal Adams. Ryan Pace, the GM, was like, Yeah, we'll draft Jamal. We'll totally draft Jamal Adams. Hey Patrick, you're also our number one QB on the board. And the drafts, Mitchell Trubisky. So Ryan Pace will more than likely be gone. At least for Bears fans' sake, I would hope he'd be gone. Tried to mask a little the problems that they had as the as the GM by trading for Khalil Mack, obviously the second best defender, overall defender in the NFL when he's on his game. So that will hype the fans up. Forget what they got him for. You get a guy like Khalil Mack's talents. You win a trade like that. Now, obviously the Raiders have done pretty fine with like like some Max Crosby coming in. Now they're not Cleo Max, but you got some good, you got a nice little haul for that Cleo Mack trade. But that masks the problems there because the Bears obviously went to the playoffs. Trubisky went to a Pro Bowl because everybody opted out of the Pro Bowl, and now you get a new quarterback in Zach Wilson. Now the rest of the NFC North: Detroit, Matthew Stafford, Minnesota will keep Kirk Cousins there for right now, but this is probably his last. Next year, like Baker, will probably his last season there. If he doesn't start playing like the quarterback that his contract says he is, and then Green Bay, I wanted to leave them last, was just for fun, just for a little bit of fun here, because this list won't be right, but this is just for fun right now. Green Bay going with Jordan Love. I know A Rod is still balling out, but this is just for fun again. This might not be the this one is not really the most serious prediction here, because if I'm the Packers, I don't. I don't move off Jordan, or Aaron Rodgers. I would not do that. But if I'm the Packers and I just traded up to the 26th pick to draft Jordan Love, it's kind of hard for me to envision that he would sit on the bench for a very long time. After they drafted him, reports were that they're not they're planning to do the Patrick Mahomes thing. Start him after one year. Sit on the bench. Now, unlike Mahomes, Jordan Love has seen no action that I can recall. He hasn't even been dressed for most of the games they've played this year, which you can also narrow that down to, like, it's been a weird year for quarterbacks. And but then you could look at, oh well, look at the other quarterbacks that are starting as rookies: Burrow, Tua, Herbert, even Ben DiNucci has started a game as a rookie. But Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers' relationship has been rocky. Just put it lightly, I guess at least from the media aspect, but everybody the media loves to bash on Aaron Rodgers. But it'd be hard for me to see that they trade up for a guy and he doesn't start next year and they trade Aaron somewhere. Just just think about how they I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be weird this again. This is one's not more that that serious. This would be really crazy if it happened. I would not be surprised if it happened. This is just really a tale of don't be surprised if this does happen. Okay? I'm not saying it will happen. I if I'm the Packers, I'm keeping Aaron Rodgers. But don't be surprised if it does. NFC South, Matt Ryan, Teddy, Kyle Trask in New Orleans, because Drew Brees retiring. I don't think Taysom Hill's the guy, obviously. Kyle Trask will be a late first rounder, early second rounder. One would suspect. And Drew Brees is done. I'd, I would not hedge my franchise on Taysom Hill, who has less passing yards, again, than LaDainian Tomlinson or Jameis Winston. I'll draft a guy. A guy like Kyle Trask. So I really like Kyle Trask. I really love watching. Watch Kyle Trask. If you know what I'm talking about, go and watch Kyle Trask. Um, he absolutely balled out this week. He's an absolute beast. And then Brady and Tampa. Now, for Carolina, part of me wanted them to take a quarterback. But... Teddy's been playing very frickin' good this year. Why don't we wait one more year for the quarterback and get the North Carolina kid, Sam Howell, and that's how we do that, yeah. Or you just stick with Teddy. I don't know. I don't think Teddy... I wouldn't build my franchise on Teddy Bridgewater, but he's played good this year and hasn't really lost a spot. Hasn't really given the Panthers front office any reason to go, yeah, we should draft a quarterback. We're done with this. If they do, fair play, but... Teddy's been playing good. It'd be hard for to move on from Teddy from one season. NFC East, Dallas, Dak, New York, Daniel Jones. I think they'll give them one more year. Maybe even half a year. Or they move on from in the soft But I would... I don't know. He's 4-0 against the Washington football team. 1-16 against everything else. Do you give him another chance? I don't know. It's hard. Eh, I don't know what I would do. Good thing I'm not the Giants. Eagles, Carson Wentz, and the Washington football team. I got Cameron Newton there reuniting with Ron Rivera and then Trey Lance the quarterback from North Dakota State very talented quarterback from North Dakota State one of my favorite quarterbacks in this draft go and watch some Trey Lance stuff if you haven't already because he'll be around a top 10 pick so do not be surprised when he goes now Mac Jones again I said I had him at four that's the rest of my rookies that I said uh in the going in the first round anyways I have Mac Jones at four, and if Mac Jones ends up winning the Heisman, you could pull a Joe Burrow and sneak up and pass some of these players. Now, I think the highest he'll go is third because it's, you're not going to pass Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. But you could pass Trey Lance if Mac Jones ends up winning the Heisman. Trey Lance playing one to – I don't know if they've got – they played one game, but I don't know if they have any other games scheduled this year, but – yeah, Washington and Trey Lance just works for me. And then the NFC West, Kyler Murray, Jared Goff, Russell Wilson, and then for fun, because they passed on him in the draft, Aaron Rodgers. Just for fun. Just for fun, because imagine that. Jimmy G goes back to New England, Rodgers gets moved on from Green Bay and goes back to San Francisco back home. That would be freaking crazy. Then the 13-3 record would actually make a little bit more sense than this year. So that means we got the old stars. We'll go through each team – and where their starters are now. So Indianapolis, Phillip Rivers, I say he retires. This is his last year in the NFL. Jacksonville, Gardner, he'll be the backup on the Jaguars. Bridge quarterback, pretty much. And he'll be a career backup for Jacksonville. Yeah, makes sense. Like Ryan Finley. Ryan Finley's the backup in Cincinnati. He was drafted a few years, last year. He's the backup. probably be Joe Burrow's backup forever. The Same thing with Gardner. He'll probably be Trevor Lawrence's backup. I mean, you can't have a lot better backups than Gardner. New England can, we already said, going to Washington, New York Jets. San Darnold goes to the Colts. Chicago, I have Trubisky going to the Browns. Yeah. So, Trubisky, uh, when he was getting drafted, the Cleveland Browns actually thought of drafting Mitchell Trubisky. He was stuck between him and Miles Garrett for the number one overall pick, which is crazy to think about now. You see how their two careers have gone in polar opposite directions. But going back to Cleveland, where he's from, he's from Mentor, Ohio, I believe. Might be a little career resurgence there. Nice little backup opportunity. Baker's doesn't have the locked-on starting job. This GM and coach didn't draft him. They got no allegiances to Baker. So if he starts to struggle, in comes Mitch Trubisky as the backup option. It'd be a decent backup option. And then Green Bay, we obviously had Aaron Rodgers. San Fran, Drew Brees in New Orleans. I have him retiring. We have Dwayne Haskins. To Minnesota, I think maybe just one place like that. He'll be a backup somewhere. Minnesota makes sense. They don't have a backup option right now. They'll have they have Sean Mannion. That's it at this point in time. So Dwayne Haskins getting a learn from Kirk Cousins, another Washington quarterback going to Minnesota. I know it's a lazy thing because again, Minnesota Washington quarterback going to Minnesota, but I can't really think of any other places. He would go maybe the Raiders because they were kind of linked with him in the draft. That I don't really remember, I can't remember who all was linked with him and that the Bengals were linked with him, but they got Joe Burrow. They're not gonna take Dwayne Haskins. Maybe they do, maybe they do, but I can't really think of any other place that would be good fits for Dwayne. And then San Fran, Jimmy G going to the new back to the New England Patriots. And that's what I've got for my quarterback predictions for next year. I hope you all enjoyed. This, what, Wednesday edition of the Logan Blackman Show here on the Cedar Falls Podcast. And, yeah, this was a Wednesday show, but I recorded this on Tuesday, just like the summer times. But, you know what? Fun show. I think today went really, really well. Hope you all enjoyed the show. Make sure to go follow the Logan Blackman Show on all forms of social media. Go like the Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Go and follow the Logan Blackman Show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And I will see you all Later. Peace.